So I so I had an interview for a, a new assistant manager today. Oh yeah. As yeah, I'm you're getting one. a new assistant manager. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm losing. I'm losing one. Uh, they got a better management offer, more money, all that kind of fun stuff. Sure. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, but I'm interviewing the guy, and like the first thing I said is like, so well, tell me about yourself. What are you into? Blah blah blah. And he's like, well, I'm everything for my two kids. I'm, I'm kind of really big on my kids and. I do a little bit of antique stuff, and he kind of gets a little, like, almost timid when he says it. Says, and then I got into 40K, <laughs> and they completely changed the guy. Like, I was like, oh, dude. <laughs> so the guy that just jumped into uh, the MMC. Oh, Cedric, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's him, because we started talking about it, and I started talking about Dead Zone immediately. <laughs> he was like, oh, my God, that sounds like a blast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we here at uh, Dead Zone the podcast <laughs> encourage <laughs> Dead Zone into everything. En- encourage putting uh, you know experience playing X game in your uh, your job requirements. Your job requirements, yeah. <laughs> as as well as a focus of the interview questions. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like supposed to go that direction. It just kind of did. <laughs> but it, it's funny because like really like when you look at like job what you have to do for a job mm-hmm. um, especially retail so customer service is everything yeah well that's that interaction between two players when they're playing a game like, I can see that you're going obviously you're both going to win mm-hmm. you, you want to win I mean you play to win I mean Okay, maybe not me and you, but some of them live to win. Uh, Live to win. (laughs) But you spend so much time in that interaction with the other person as far as like uh, learning their behaviors, uh, talking to them about why they did something. I I mean, maybe not so much in like a tournament setting, but those Mm -hmm. casual games you play, you, you talk through it. And that's all actually like really important pieces for customer service. And yeah. knowing how to have that interaction with a stranger. Like, it's kind of like, yeah, it's just like putting <laughs> D&D on your resume, man. Uh-huh. It's that whole, yeah, it's functioning as a group. Team lead. It's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do in your off time? Well, I'm a team lead for a group of five guys, and we work together figuring out problems and Moving on to the next stage, and it's like, well, yeah, that's management <laughs> playing D and D with with sometimes even with more that. fantastical uh, situations that you have to overcome. Well, yeah, I mean, there's no dragon gonna walk in my store that I know of, but I mean, I don't know if you, you said put, it won't ever happen. If you put it as a job requirement, I'm just saying you're gonna get some different. Oh, God. <laughs> Might might get a few of those extras, yep, sure. Yep. And then I'll have, I mean, I think probably 75% of my staff are nerds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. But, uh, but yeah, I think uh, that's, a, that's a good enough time to talk about, you know, welcome to Dead Zone, the podcast. <laughs> I'm Brian. And I'm still Rick. <laughs> sort of. 
Welcome to the Dead Zone Podcast. Dead Zone is the sci-fi tabletop. So what you're saying is, if people are into Mantic games and they live near you, they should come and work for you. Work at Goodwill? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's not a requirement. No. But but it doesn't hurt. It becomes <laughs> it becomes a requirement later. You know, as when you have the job, it's in order to to move up that corporate ladder, you have to you have to get good at Dead Zone. <laughs> well, I mean, it, to be fair, the champion for the Dead Zone tournament at Adepticon was one of my ASMs. <laughs> True. <laughs> so, so what I'm hearing is, is not only, you know, when you submit your resume, you also have to include a 200-point list, a tournament list, <laughs> uh, <laughs> with your yes. faction of choice. And you have to give me pictures of your models so I know that you're playing with painted models. Yep, yep. And not non-proxy. <laughs> uh, oh, dear. Well, we, have, we have fun here. Uh, so, yeah, maybe so welcome, welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, if you if you haven't gathered or you're just tuning in for the first time, um, you know, this is this is Dead Zone Podcast, <laughs> where we talk about sure all is. sorts of stuff. Uh, Warpath, Universe. Uh, we talk yes. about... Dreadball, Star Saga, Firefight, um, and of course, Dead Zone. Yeah. uh, And and other stuff going on uh, in the scene. Uh, We've we've got, uh, for instance, one of our topics uh, for for this month, I might as well jump right into it, is uh, we've been, we like to keep people uh, uh, posted on the, uh, there's a, a Mantic writing competition uh, kind of yes. a fan, a fan run one. Uh, there's a Facebook group called the Ronnie the Bard of Mantica. Uh, so you're you're more than welcome to join, even if you don't write, uh, because uh, basically there's what great stories. Yeah, well, what's been going on there is for about man, we're we're almost at like a year and a half already of um, a writing competition that's been going on uh, for quarterly submissions, yep. and so uh, you know every. Every quarter, uh, the you know people are given a new theme uh, for for their next story to, to write, and uh, you know this this last month's uh, or last quarter's theme was euphoria, <laughs> uh, and so uh, we had there's some uh, once again some fantastic entries. Uh, this is of course run by uh, our good friend Golden the Gamer, and um, yep. and uh, so. Some, some of these stories, not all of them, are, are in the sci-fi realm, uh, but I do like to, to highlight each one, give you a, a little a little taste, uh, so so you know like which ones to that might uh, suit your fancy. But hey, they're all these are definitely worth checking out. One hundred percent. And you have been in every single one of them. I I have. Yep. I've I've submitted a story every single time, and uh, which which sometimes is a. Uh, as a bit of a breakneck pace, <laughs> but, but at, the, at the same time, it's also a, a very strong motivator, right? It, it, it makes yeah. me it makes me get it done. Um, otherwise, these stories just kind of sit in my brain and 
and never see the light of day. So it's it's really been a fun, motivating uh, endeavor. And, um, and like most of your stories, kind of combine. Um, it, all your stories kind of link together, except for what two of them. Well, actually, uh, all four of the ones that I wrote last year uh, were were linked. Uh, sometimes in subtle ways, sometimes in overt ways. They all took place <laughs> in uh, in the Warpath universe in my own little uh, realm of it, and with a little cast of characters I've been building up and uh, and and tying together, as you might say. Uh, yeah. This this one, however, was my first kind of uh, departure from that uh, formula. I, I kind of wanted to do something a little different, um, and and had a, had another story idea that kind of fit the theme a little better. A little stronger, uh, which, which is a you know definitely definitely something that's like you know when you, when you're kind of weighing ideas, uh, it's like you know sometimes uh, there's there's one that's a better fit. Like I had an idea for my little sci-fi universe uh, with the theme, but it was one of those like okay, this is gonna happen down down the road is only where it would make <laughs> sense. Uh, so I'd have to sure. explain a whole lot. And thought it would just be easier to to kind of do a little one-off. So, yeah. Uh, but we'll see if it remains a one-off, as it were. <laughs> but uh, without further ado, I think I'll, I'll just kind of go down the list of stories that we had uh, from Kevin Riddell, a good friend of the show. We had Fingers Malone, which was a a dreadball story. Uh, we don't get many of those, so it's always a fun yeah. time to to read about. Uh, you know things going down in, in the dreadball pitch, and um, and it was there was a fun little note is that uh, uh, fingers Malone would have made that catch was something his dad would always tell him uh, growing up, and it was something he passed on to his kids uh, only only to find out that his dad had just kind of made up this guy <laughs> didn't actually exist until Kevin writes this dreadball story about. Fingers Malone, hey, hey, hey. Uh, a dreadball striker uh, going up against uh, some some big brutish orcs uh, in in a big dreadball competition. So uh, I'll leave it at that. I won't I won't uh, spoil too much of the story, uh, but but it is definitely a fun one. And like I said, I I always enjoy seeing more dreadball content. Yes. Um, next up, uh, I had, uh, this is kind of the order that I, I wound up reading them, uh, was Eddie Barr's Washed Clean. Uh, this was a, it's actually a, a fairly short story, like, a, a lot of the other ones, uh, more so than I was this time, were really kind of pushing that 15-page page limit. Um, Eddie's story was, was a bit shorter, um, but it's a, it's a tale of, of a brotherhood, uh, soldier, Kind of following the events of the Edge of the Abyss. Uh, oh, right on! And uh, I, I definitely got to give him props. The the visuals that he was describing were just so vivid and vibrant. Uh, I I am a bit jealous. Uh, I, I, in <laughs> fact, I like I like read his story. And I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna try to work some of that kind of stuff into mine. Um, but no, it, it was it was like it's it was so visually uh, uh, written um, in, in such a great way. It's definitely worth checking out. Um, Martin Blake uh, did a story called Very Big Riot. 
this one is a, a G, GCPS's Trooper's perspective on the uh-huh. inciting Mandrake Rebellion incident when the Marauders oh, wow. turned on them. So it's when the Marauders were still part of the GCPS core forces. Yep. Until they got their, you know, little Order 66 uh, moment. And so it's it's uh, definitely a, a really interesting, um, uh, like, uh, spotlight on that, that particular piece of the Warpath history. Um, and so that was another sci-fi. We kind of alternate, which is kind of fun. Uh, with with sci-fi fantasy sci-fi fantasy so yeah in, in the fantasy side of things we had uh iban uh arzua crespo uh another returning writer um with his with a story called aldotza and i'm probably mispronouncing that um you're doing better than i would <laughs> this was another um uh as far as i can tell like a slight brotherhood tale um, again, another one kind of following the events of the Edge of the Abyss, uh, in, in that uh, some of the characters used to be part of the Brotherhood. Um, one one thing of note is is kind of fun is Wash Clean. You have a Brotherhood member who essentially uh, is goes the route of the the um, Order of the Lady. Okay. And uh, Order of the Green Lady, I should say. And which is a, a more kind of forest-centric uh, uh, Kings of War army, and then you have uh, this one where the guy goes a little bit more towards the Order of the Brother Mark, which was uh, basically the the, the Basilean hegemony, hegemony, hegemony. Uh, it, it it basically took in a lot of the the Brotherhood forces, which is a, a human. Uh, based uh, force that has a very strong like religious uh, factors to them. Yeah, you can go find out more about them at dash twenty eight dot org or countercharge. Um, or check out the. Aren't they uh, kind of highlighted in the new Celestians book? Um, because the Celestians, I mean, I the book about the the book itself is about the Celestians, but the Basilians formed their religion behind that didn't they yeah yeah that's, that's definitely a major component of of who they are um the shining ones and so i yeah. think that the celestians is kind of like the next step after that was kind of where there's the separation but uh i definitely need to get myself a copy of that book i'm i'm stoked to read it um well but... i have a little tidbit for you on that Ooh. um we, we also like tangents on this, sh- on this show, if you haven't well, we uh, noticed. We do never. Uh, Winged is Hard Publishing just signed on as a sponsor for the Michigan GT. Oh, sweet. That's excellent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jeff let me know this morning. Very cool. And 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 this is, this is going to be pretty recent news because uh, we'll be posting this episode in about three days' time. Uh, so when you're listening exactly. to this... Exactly. This is the week of. Um, so, no, that's really cool. Uh, the Michigan GT is definitely something we're going to be uh, covering a bit more as, as we get oh, yeah. closer to that event. Um, but to, to kind of circle back uh, to, to the story um, with the brother Mark, uh, we basically uh, witness a siege um, 
from one of the other new factions uh, that came about uh, recently for Kings of War, which is the Rift Forged Orcs. Oh. And oh boy, did he make them pretty terrifying. <laughs> oh, did he? Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, basically, like uh, orcs that have been like enhanced by the abyss. Um, it's great. <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> Read it. Um, but no, yeah, definitely read that. He's he's been a, a regular uh, in the in the in the contest, and um, it's some really really good stuff. All right, uh, next up we had Conan uh, Sumerian. I apologize if I mispronounced your last name there. Uh, with his story, Fatal Attraction, not to be confused with Ooh. the movie of the same name. Uh, <laughs> which Rick got a kick out of when I messaged him and was like, you should read uh, yeah. Fatal Attraction. I'm like, what? So so this is another sci-fi entry, um, and we basically get to follow, uh, you know, maybe a typical work day, uh, you know, for one of the head scientists working at a Maison lab facility. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's a, that's as much as I'm gonna spoil about that one, because uh, it, it is oh. it is really good. That was actually my pick uh, for because this is a contest that we all the community yeah. kind of votes on. That was my pick. Uh, I really enjoyed that story. Um, and uh, and then lastly, uh, I had uh, my entry into it was called Northern Lights, uh, which is basically uh, another fantasy story. This one. Uh, takes place uh, kind of in the the far north reaches uh, following some members of the the northern alliance and um, you know basically a, a pair of of characters uh, you know take a, a little detour in their regular patrol and uh, to to maybe see something uh, spectacular and uh, you know shenanigans ensue um, and I'm gonna leave it at that you guys will have to check out the story to uh, to see where it goes but those were so, the, the entries and uh and so uh as of this recording we've actually the completed the uh voting has closed uh so sorry if you were hoping to vote on something but haven't gotten to it yet uh, and uh eddie bars wash clean uh did take first place uh right for, for this quarter and and like I said before, well deserved. This was a really great story, and uh, and you should all read it. Go check it out. And that one that one's pretty short, so it really does not take much of your time. <laughs> but uh, now, yeah. so your story I have not read yet. Um, That's okay. And it's the <laughs> first one that it's the first one of yours that I didn't read immediately because well, you never sent me it. Yeah, I, it was definitely you a... You were mean. It made me wait until it posted, and I'm like, well, crap. <laughs> I suppose I could have sent it to... Like, it, it was right down to the wire to me submitting it. Yeah. But then there was, like, there was a little while where it was, like, uh, before we posted them publicly, I think they had some stuff to get yeah. organized. Um, yeah, I suppose I could have sent it to you then, but... <laughs> Yeah, April's been a busy month. Uh, uh, my gosh, has it been a busy month. Mm-hmm. 
Hey there, I'm Brian. And I'm Rick. This is Blaine. You are listening to Dead Zone, the podcast. Keep listening for more excellent material from these two amazing men. Blaine, out. So, uh, for instance, uh, one thing going down in April that uh, we're still going to be in time for is a good friend of the show, uh, Corvus uh, Gaming Terrain. Yeah! Has, uh, well, for one thing, big shout out to him because he redid our logo that you now see uh, hopefully everywhere. Because <laughs> I tried I to update it. I think we've got it on everything, yeah. Um, but uh, he, he just kind of did that uh, for us. And I got to say, so seriously, it, it looks fantastic. I reached, I reached out to him and I was at, I, I started talking to him about potentially commissioning something like a token or something for us for Dead's on the podcast to put out there. And he's like, sure, no problem. And he didn't bring up money or anything. And then the next thing he knows, he says something about our logo. And I'm like, well, yeah, we have a logo. Um, but we're still we're still working through things, blah blah blah. And, and the next thing you know, like seriously, oh well, here, check this out. See if this one will work for you. Like that blew my mind that he sent that to us, and it was like, okay, yeah, it's it's super sweet. Uh, I love the logos that we had in the past. Uh, really like this one. I think it it kind of continues to to further, uh, you know, improve the the quality of the show. And and is it was fantastic that he was able to do that for us. Yes. Uh, so in 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 kind, uh, we wanted to shout out his Tycho Starport uh, Kickstarter campaign that's going on presently. Uh, as of this recording, it has nine days left, which means by the time this airs, uh, it'll have six days left. So <laughs> you have just yep. under a week um, to to get in on this thing. Uh, but like, even even if he hadn't done the the new logo for us, we were gonna shout this thing out because oh yeah, because the scenery is amazing, and so we backed the first one that he did, the isolation protocols. We have all of those files, and that set is amazing for how customizable it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we used for part of our um, Dreadball Dead Zone game. Yeah. Like, the scenery is perfect, and the train. The whole train, mm-hmm. that whole game was isolation protocol scenery. Yeah. I um, actually have some printing right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, because, I mean, the isolation protocol stuff was amazing, and it's got that customized ability that you can you can put together any kind of building you want for Dead Zone. Mm-hmm. Because he has that three-inch cube design on everything. Yeah, like it, it was this, isolation protocol is definitely a wink <laughs> and a nudge to containment protocol. Yeah, maybe a little. <laughs> maybe a little. Um, but, his, but then you check out his new one. Oh, the scenery in this. I, so you've been doing some FDM printing of it. Yes. And how do you uh, feel about the quality of it? Man, the quality is so clean and sharp i haven't had any 
any trouble with with misprints on it he, he basically he's put out uh, a couple of free samples of like a little one cube um building a little addition to it um a one by two and then an l shape uh with with yeah. basically a two by two and uh and i i i gotta say like i i, I have to i have to print on a raft uh, now, yep. as opposed to just a brim, uh, that's more of my printer uh, <laughs> having issues than anything else. Um, but like with that, it, it just prints so cleanly. The pieces, because basically you you have the complete buildings. Uh, isolation, his isolation protocols, uh, you would print like walls and then connectors and struts and like roofs and stuff all separate. Um, yep. And so with this one though. It's basically complete buildings, and then you print the roof on top, or you can print the roof, and it connects on top. And a lot yeah. of these are stackable. Um, oh, it, oh, 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 oh! Yeah. So, have you printed multiples of them? Uh, only a handful. I the it's ingenious how he did it. Mm-hmm. So with the roof, you have slight little pegs on top, because on the base of them are little sections that you can. You sit it on there, so it's not going to fall over. Yeah, it's got little grooves it's that kind of fits in. It's the way you did it. It's, it's super clever. Uh, the, the Kickstarter has a huge range of buildings and, and different types um, and, and sizes. I think most of them, the largest it looks like uh, is going to be a, a square 2 by 2 so four, a four-cube uh, space. But honestly... Like, you don't really need more than that for for most gaming terrain, let alone Dead Zone. Uh, you you put two of yeah. those on the board, and you're already you know you covered the whole map. <laughs> <laughs> got a lot of the the scenery taken care of. Um, yeah. But like you know these the the roofs themselves lock you know click into place really really cleanly. Um, I haven't had anything with with uh, the little. Um, you know, pieces breaking off or anything like that. Um, And no, I, I am really digging his terrain. I, it kind of became that thing where I'm like struggling to go, okay, we've got the starport stuff coming down, down the pipe, which is really nice. What do I want to print from isolation protocols that I wouldn't, (laughs) that I wouldn't be able to get from that set? Um, it, It is, is definitely a marked improvement. And um, and I'm really looking forward to it. It's got a lot of the same uh, style and, and aesthetics uh, that you see kind of from Dead Zone's uh, own terrain kits. Uh, as far as like there's a lot of like shops and, and cyberpunk uh, kind of components. Uh, like it, like the namesake says, you know, it's it's also like Starport. So he's built this uh, for both 28 and 32 uh, millimeter for you know those that, that are playing. You know, a lot of the other games like uh, Star Wars Legion or you know 40k and whatnot um, or Stargrave um, yeah a lot of the miniature agnostic games this yeah. scenery is gonna be amazing for yeah it's man it <laughs> it looks very clean definitely check out uh, the the uh, the Kickstarter if that is is that if that is your thing if you have uh, any friends with a 3d printer definitely send them this way um, there is Great quality for for a kit. Uh, I think I think what was it about sixty dollars US uh, to basically get access to everything. Everything. 
Um, yeah. And and that's over like ninety bu- different buildings, <laughs> and and yeah. widgets and stuff. So, <laughs> I mean, and yeah, and so my FDM printer is still pissed off at me. Yeah. I'm not really sure what's going on with it. Um, but so I went ahead and I printed a couple of his buildings in resin. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, are they amazing? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's definitely some very high quality stuff, and uh, and we can't wait to see uh, what else he puts out. So, uh, like we said, uh, Corvus Games Terrain, uh, we'll be linking to the Kickstarter in the show notes. Uh, but check out that Kickstarter, and uh, you know, and everything else that he's got out there. Um, I know he's got some of the free samples up on Thingiverse, and and other places. So, um, yeah. Yeah, Good definitely. So with that... <laughs> See, I'm trying to be nice. I'm not trying to sidetrack us too much. You're, you're, you're doing pretty good. We're doing, we're doing all right. Uh, it, helps, it helps that I'm concentrating on painting, painting brockers, too. <laughs> yes, I'm being bad and I'm painting while we're doing this. No, that's, that's all good. I, I, I won't lie, like, the, the last couple months had been kind of... It's been a bit of a struggle for me to kind of get back into painting, yeah. Um, but I think I think I think a factor of that is that I now have I now have a painting area set up, but it's in my basement, which is very cold, especially <laughs> in the winter. <laughs> well, there is that factor, and and my my space heater can't reach the the outlets that are on the ceiling, so. Oh. So, um, so uh, I I don't have a heat uh, another heat source uh, set up just yet. But now that the weather's turning that way, hopefully, uh, as you may have heard at the beginning of the show, uh, Michigan hates us. Michigan has been flip flopping uh, weather patterns all month. Um, but I I won't lie, like I'm really I'm starting to feel that that itch again to get painting. Um, and part of that was, uh, you know, with with uh, the my one of my local stores just opened up uh, to in-store gaming uh, last yep. last weekend as it, actually of as of this recording. Uh, Riw Hobbies, and they they actually are already carrying Armada and Dead Zone, um, with with, with awesome. no with no prompting from me. Uh, so I was just super giddy when I saw it there. And, oh yeah. Uh, and I'm like, okay, uh, I need to to get some demos going. I need to show people how cool this game is. Uh, and also, we need to get gearing up for the uh, the summer campaign, um, which is going to be coming right around the corner. And... You know, in the past, in the past, Mantic is Mantic has done a lot of that whole. This is the summer of fantasy. This is the summer of sci-fi. And they did the summer of sci-fi with second edition. Hmm. And I think they're going to blow it out of the water this year with that whole summer because you have the Dead Zone campaign coming out. I mean, third edition just came out. You have that campaign and you have Firefight second edition shipping now. Yeah. <laughs> so it it is it is definitely a, a great time to be uh, getting into Mantic sci-fi range. 
Hey, it's Community Pat, and you're listening to Dead Zone the Podcast 2.0 with Rick and Brian. Rick and Brian? What happened to the other two yahoos? Why are you wasting my time with these guys? I don't even know who these guys are. Dead Zone 2.0, this is stupid. Uh, I was looking, I was actually kind of going through my, my stuff today, uh, you know, looking at looking at uh, Firefight, because uh, that's that's something uh, some of my local game group has also expressed some interest in. And yep. uh, a lot of them Same are Kings here. of War players, so the, the bigger battle is something that uh, definitely piques their interest. And uh, and so I'm like, okay, I've got GCPS. I've been I've been painting them up uh, quite a bit, and I'm like doing a, a model head count. It's like, okay, do I have enough to actually get to a thousand points? <laughs> and, and I think I do, especially now with uh, since I got the the Dead Zone. Uh, you know, third edition starter set. I think yeah. I should have enough uh, to to really have a, a decent um, showing for for the uh, the GCPS force. Um, they're always a little tough because you know they're they're one of the um, uh, forces that have that ten model uh, unit uh, that you can feel. You know, with Marines and recruits and stuff like that. They come in. Yep in units of 10 and uh you know for the longest time i've had them ready for dead zone which means i've needed maybe 15 models total Total. Uh, yeah (laughs) so so this is definitely the the scaling up uh to to that bigger battle i think i am going to be getting into uh i might take a little break from my northern alliance painting or i will do them in tandem uh which might which might be a good way to do it um It'll give you that break up. Yeah. So you're not because well, I mean that's the the one thing about games like Firefight because it's that larger scale. You're gonna paint a lot of troops the same color. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, and and you do that with Kings of War, obviously as well. Yeah. So having having your Northern Alliance sitting over there and kind of plucking away at that while you're doing GCPS, I think might actually break up your painting to help you get through it better. Yeah, I I In think. I think that'll be good. Uh, it also helps that, like, well, in, in addition towards right, my hobby room being in the basement, we also have, like, a little entertainment area um, that my wife has been playing video games at, So, which is just behind the hobby area, so we can kind of be <laughs> together. Together? <laughs> while, I'm, yeah. while I'm working on stuff. Kind of um, like the reason why my painting has moved back upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I still do all my airbrushing and like scenery painting downstairs, but mm-hmm. model wise, it's all upstairs now. Yeah. And, and like with that too, um, you know, I, I would say I probably have over half of my GCPS force that I'll, I'll field for firefight, uh, painted. So it's just going to be a matter of shoring up my, my Marines, uh, and, and some of the more, uh, specialized units, uh, making sure I've got enough, to, to put them on the table. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I've got that. And I do actually have a decent amount of Forge Fathers. Uh, they were They were actually, like, the second force I started collecting um, in, in Dead Zone when, when Firefight First Edition came out, actually. Yep. It, it was the force that I, I looked to because I'm like, okay, I, I have a decent number of these guys, and they had a smaller <laughs> unit count. Um, and they still do. And they still do. 
so I should be able to, you know, if nothing else, I'll have I'll be able to do some demos uh, of that game with with that uh, force handy. So uh, I've been really geeked with with the firefight stuff that's been coming out. I know we've talked a little bit before about kind of the official content Mantic has been putting out. Yes. Uh, but like I'll I've been seeing so much kind of fan driven. Uh, stuff coming out as far as you know reviews of the box set um, yep. people looking at the rules e- the easy army uh, uh, tool set has the firefight uh, one all set up and ready to go um, so I I've, have I've started uh, five armies right. painted <laughs> I mean printed uh, using that um, and I absolutely love the way they've printed excellent uh, and it's it's the same, so you can use it free, mm-hmm. but it doesn't give you it doesn't do a lot of the breakdown of the rules and stuff. Yeah. Um, but the paid version, which is really not that much, uh, gives you all of the special abilities and the keywords and everything like it does with Dead Zone Third Edition and Kings of War, um, which is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like it makes it really simple to print your list and I mean it's visual like I'm looking at it it's like this makes sense yeah I know I have these there's the stats everything's in nice blocks and then oh this guy's got bulky well it's right there bulky got it Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah I mean the easy army list builder uh, I'm really happy with it and I'm excited to use it (laughs) yeah yeah I've been I've really been chomping at the bit for that uh, to come down because, uh, you know, I, I I could do the old old pen and paper uh, style to, to tally up everything. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it's one of those things where I, I just don't find myself, like, in, in that position where it's like, okay, I'll have the rule book over here and I'll have, you know, my, my pen and paper over here and I've got all this space. And it's like, no, I just want to be able to do this on my tablet. Really quick, yes. Um, just with a browser tab open, so that's been that's been a really nice uh, thing to see rolled out. In addition, uh, speaking of Easy Army, uh, it was it was discovered that there was a little switch to turn on mercenaries. And they're all there in Dead Zone. <laughs> yep. So, so the the fabled mercenary list that Rob and Jack used to always talk about <laughs> is, in fact, uh, coming back. It's back. And so uh, it's great to, to see. I haven't played around with that uh, too much myself yet. And um, But uh, it's, it's exciting to... You know, see that uh, the the mercenaries are going to be you know that they're still a thing. Um, I know, I know in in Escalation, the the last one there, uh, it was it was really neat to have them as their own force. Uh, as, yeah. Especially since you really could mix and match models, really, because you had like Kalishi and Rebel Troopers and and all these other you know disparate units. Uh, from the other factions could come together in this little melting pot on top of having like your your star saga mercenaries and all the other yeah. special characters they've come up with over the years 
yep. so I know I know part of that there there is always that that little asterisk on on production uh, being an issue, and I know that's that's one of the reasons why they didn't have it uh, kind of in that initial launch of third edition. Um, yeah, because there's some that that were released from the Kickstarter, the first edition Kickstarter that. It, it's not just not possible to get those anymore. Yeah, and and you know, some some people will that have the models will kind of bemoan the their their lack of inclusion, their exclusion, yeah. if you will. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, from from the other standpoint, people that don't have the models, you know, see this this you know model you know this unit in the book wants to try it out. And they'll have to go to eBay and pay like four times the price. Yeah. Um, so it, it it makes sense, um, you know, from from that perspective to to exclude them and then kind of roll them out as a supplemental thing uh, for those people that still have them, and um, and yeah, that that way it, it doesn't kind of muddy uh, up the the core book and it's just kind yep. of. Extra extra spice uh, to to make, mix things up a little. Yes, um, and the nice thing is, I I mean that's part of how third edition and firefight second edition with the core rule book being separate from the army lists, they're able to do add-ons through Easy Army, and then potentially next year have a supplement that's got all these new characters, and it doesn't mess with the rule book. Yeah, that's because that's always that's always a big thing. Is like you'll you'll print off, you know, all these rule books, and, and they've you know they've uh, you know talked talked that uh, that particular point uh, in pretty much every interview we talked about, where it was like, oh, you know, the yeah, by by the end of second edition, you're carrying around like at least two books, uh, one of which you barely need anything out of anymore but the the rules are there <laughs> yep. for new players um so yeah I, I think it makes sense to to kind of keep them separated and then i think we'll yeah. we'll we'll start seeing those supplements get uh put together here um probably following the summer campaign we might not see anything later this year if i were to I suspect don't think so but but i'm thinking problem you know it could be something in the works for next year. I think it'd be really cool to see, like we're saying, like a mercenary uh, uh, centered, uh, you know, expansion. Uh, one that also uh, maybe brings back a lot of that same stuff that we had in Escalation, but with yeah. the third edition uh, kind of upscale, um, such as that the interactive scenery and stuff like that. I know that was another question that kind of popped up on the. Uh, Every now and then on the Facebook group where it's like, you know, where where does where's this? And unfortunately, that's still in the escalation book. You can use the rules from there. They still, still completely viable. But uh, you know, it, it is one of those for new players. Um, it can be yeah. a little tricky to track down. But uh, but yeah, you know, between between Dead Zone, uh, Third Edition, and and Firefight Second Edition, you know, <laughs> we got a lot of really cool stuff going down. Yeah, we really do. Hey everybody, John Jack here from Dreadball Commercials. You've seen me 
you're listening to Dead Zone the Podcast with Rick and Brian. Don't turn that dial or I'm coming for you. The other part of my hobbying has been, uh, I've just kind of been princing like mad uh, since my computer <laughs> is finally working again. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, yours is on the fritz now. I guess. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny. Yours goes out and mine's being a little butt. It's kind of funny. We'll just trade off FDM printers. I hope it's not because I I send I sent you, you know, PLA <laughs> when you said you were out. Well, yeah, you sent me that. I was like, I don't know this brand, but okay. And I ran, so I always do um, the temperature widget thing to see how best it cooks at. Mm-hmm. Um. And it, that printed fine, so it got me where I wanted on the temp. And and then all of a sudden, it's like, no, nah, I don't feel like printing more than 70 layers. I was like, but everything is more than 70 layers. <laughs> so I've had I've had seven fails hmm. between two t- different brands of PLA. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's I need to strip it down. Um, I, I think there's a potential issue with my hot end. Gotcha. Um. I just, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, no, I I had to replace my hot end uh, uh, not too long ago, actually. And and it includes wiring, you know, sending, you know, rewiring some of the stuff inside. Yep. Uh, I will say don't, for for that, that uh, sleeve that the, all the cords go into at the top, don't. Yeah. Don't pull that too far inside out. Oh yeah, because it's a pain <laughs> to get it back into its its kind of you know weird, snaky. Yeah, well that's good to know. But I mean, they, it's possible one of these days, like probably on the weekend, where after the volleyball or soccer is done, and it's you know stupid hot outside. I'll hide in here with a fan and kind of start tinking with it because, you know, I hate the heat. Yeah, and and really, it's it's not it's not too bad. I think I was able to do mine in like an hour. Um, oh, that's not too bad at all. No, no, it, it's it's just a matter of really kind of doing it. I I'll, I can yeah. track down a there's a video tutorial I I watched. So <laughs> now, did you did you switch to uh, an all metal hot end? No, I think I I wound up just getting one that was more or less a replacement for what uh, it comes with out of the box. For what we have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So it was it was one of those like I wanted it working again more than I wanted to experiment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that. Yeah, but uh, the and and like to that point, like I'm so I'm still. Um, I'm trying to get my my little elevated dead zone platform project back into the into the works. Uh, yeah. So uh, I found that with with using rafts, uh, for one thing, uh, not not only does it actually print, uh, which is always <laughs> nice for me, without without falling over, but yeah. uh, afterwards, so so. For those that are unfamiliar with 3D printing, I, I, let me clarify. So uh, basically, you 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 can have your printer create a little like um, extra uh, layer, 
kind of at the base of whatever you're printing. And uh, you can do it where it's, I think a skirt is the shortest. It's basically just a little bit of, of uh, plastic yeah. that's then on the plate before it starts printing whatever piece you're making. Um, and then you can do brim, which is a little bit bigger. Raft is is basically like it prints a full like plate for whatever you're printing to sit on top of that's just all plastic. Um, yep. And it, it takes up a chunk of plastic so it's not always recommended like it 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 does take uh quite a bit to to print that part um that said uh i've had the cleanest prints i've ever had uh with that on um, oh yeah because it, it it keeps it nice and secure um and that's that's how i've been doing all of the um the the star the tyco starport stuff and okay. and even even some of the old isolation protocols, I was always having trouble with these struts uh, where they like would, <laughs> wouldn't finish printing. They'd like tip over right at the last minute or something like that Yeah. with a brim. Uh, and the other thing with, with the raft I found is I can print them in sets of four. So I can, so much I, can, helpful. I can print four walls at the same time. I can print four struts at the same time. Um, I can, I can, do I could do four roofs at the same time? Rufus, uh, roofs. Rufuses, the Rufuses, the Rufi, <laughs> uh, the Rufi. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure, why not? Yeah, uh, but but like that's that's been a really nice thing because like for this project, uh, you know, a, a big part of it is me essentially having to cover most of the board in this elevated platform. So I yeah. have to have the buildings that are supporting the platform, you know, nice big roof eye uh, <laughs> to to cover it. So you have uh, a play surface uh, to even play the game on, and then you know a scenery on top of that. Um, but so so being able to print them in sets where it's ba- yeah, I essentially have a complete uh, building uh, in in like three prints as opposed to you know, one at a time for each part, which, yeah. you know, you got four struts, four walls, and a roof. You know, you're looking at nine, nine different prints. Uh, I can, you know, in the grand scheme, it's probably around the same amount of time. Uh, but, but it's more consistent and less failures. Yeah, more consistent, less failures, and just kind of that extra convenience of being able to, like, send it off to, to do its thing, and then I can come back to it at the end of the day. Yeah. And see that it still has some to go. But uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll give it a shot one more time with a raft. Ugh. I hate using rafts. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so so that's that's been that's been a big part of what what I've been working on. Um, I'm I'm really waiting for once the weather's kind of consistently nice it's also been rainy on the warmer days oh yeah Uh, so super humid i'm like i want to go out and i want to spray paint stuff because i have a whole bunch of like rock terrain that i printed as well and i'm like i could just do black and i could do gray and then i'm done uh so but the weather says no the weather says no i'm gonna give you nice 70 80 degree weather but you're not gonna be able to spray paint it no. Because we're going to rain. 
so obnoxious. And and I am realizing we're we're probably coming up a little bit on time, but I forgot to mention something that I should have mentioned at the beginning of the episode. The theme for the next quarter for the writing contest. Um yeah. So now that you you've been you I, now that your emails have been sent uh, and your comments have been posted uh, yelling at me for not mentioning it, <laughs> I did remember. Um, and the theme for the next quarter is defeat. Dun dun dun. Uh, we've we've had uh, quite a number of stories where you know the heroes make it through and and the day is saved. Uh, and, the, and the war is won and so on and so forth. Uh, but we haven't had many where the end result uh, is not a positive one. So that'll be... I'm actually kind of looking forward to that one. Uh, with, with these last two, uh, with, with this one and the one previous, uh, it has kind of been that interesting challenge of, you know, this is something I don't typically write. Uh, yeah. I'm going. I'm going to try it out. I'm going to see what I can do with it. Uh, right on. So, because uh, I, I'm one of those guys. I like it when the good guys win. You know, when the Rebs win. And that's uh, not the good guys. <laughs> and and so uh, I think I think uh, you know doing doing a scenario where where the the end of it um, you know might not have that happy. Uh, yeah, you know, sunset ending uh, is going to be a, a good challenge for me because um, <laughs> I, I get attached to my characters. I, I don't want them to. Well, die. of course you do. That I won't lie. Like in in my my writing for for this kind of shared universe one, I am kind of getting to that point of like, okay, you know, when when stuff starts really colliding into one another, like. I gotta have some way to establish what the stakes are, and yep. uh, and, and you know that's that's definitely one way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Is to let the bodies hit the floor. Um, and now I want to hear the song. Yeah, but uh, so so to let Rick go <laughs> off and hear his song, I think we'll put a wrap on on this episode. And uh, you know, thank you all for checking it out. Uh, please give us a like and a subscribe uh, if you if you choose to, if you like to. Uh, <laughs> you can you can find us uh, on all the social media. On the social media, we're up on Spotify. Podbean is where where this is posted. Uh, we have a Twitch channel, uh, which is Twitch.tv/slash Dead Zone Podcast. Uh, we do have an Instagram. I think. Yes, Rick, we do. We, we've been trying to like split up responsibilities of social media a little bit better. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> I, I mean, in the grand scheme, you're doing more, more of the social media <laughs> stuff than I am. I, I, so I so splitting it up in the sense that Brian needs to do a few more of these. Nah. Um, but we do have an Instagram, uh, Dead Zone Podcast. Uh, we do have a TikTok, uh, which do. I'm... I'm always kind of uh, astounded by is at Dead Zone Podcast on yep. uh, We do have a Discord channel. We're not as active in that one, um, but things have picked up in there. Yeah, things have picked up in there, and uh, you Thanks know to we've Thunderforge Studio. Yeah, and then uh, you know you can reach us at Dead Zone Podcast at gmail.com. 
Uh, we're also on Twitter and YouTube and stuff. And the and, Facebook. And Facebook. Facebook is probably our most active uh, space probably. out of all these. Um, and then, you know, yeah, that, we're everywhere, mostly. And, and then, of uh, course, we're everywhere that Brian is and everywhere that Rick is. Yeah, that's probably the best way to think about it. So, so thanks for have, uh, you know listening to the episode, and have a great night, everybody. Have a great one. <laughs> and we're still working on the merch stuff um we are like i can't wait to get this logo on a shirt yeah i will say with the the 3d model might need to be scaled up in order to yeah. print uh yeah. i don't know it might print well on uh resin but oh the the oh my god the uh tokens are gorgeous yeah. in resin yeah um, in, in fdm I, none of the writing works out <laughs> I, but they I'm, make good they make good like signs you could put on buildings so that's what i'm gonna do dude you can you can see like you can even see warpath uh universe on this oh jeez. um that's that's crazy and it's the, and it's the size it's pretty much the size of my thumb now <laughs> is it's... how the size of this token and you can i mean Dead Zone Warpath Universe <laughs> podcast. It's like right there. They are. I printed a bunch of them, so I have some for you eventually. Oh, cool. Of that's course, awesome. that's what we do. I forgot. I I was going to mention that I found those uh, those Dreadball uh, STL uh, the Dreadball uh, billboard STL. Yeah. But yeah. It'll make it to the end of the show. <laughs> yep. <laughs> for those that listen to it. I'll post that in the show notes, probably. Yeah, well, you know, and we talked about your hobby. We didn't even talk about mine. I was just, I'm, I mean, okay, I said I'm painting Ford Fodder, I did, so. I kind of bulldozed over that, yeah. And then I realized, oh, man, we're already at, like, an hour. Yeah, and that's totally okay, because that, like, that's all I've been working on hobby-wise is my firefight stuff.